Hello. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Sneaky Emu. This is episode number 59. The Sneaky Emu, a place where we want to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that are ever before us, that sometimes we fail to see and occasionally overlook. Uh, Mom, thanks for listening. So uh, I do have a bit of a confession before we get into this. I had recorded this last week, and then I went to post it, and I realized, uh, too late, unfortunately, that my recording wasn't there. So on Monday morning, I checked to see if the episode had released, and it had not. I, it, like, disappeared or something. So anyways, all that to say, my apologies about last week, if you noticed, which you probably didn't, but that's okay. Uh, I didn't, I, I recorded it, but it just didn't go. So anyways, this is, this is a makeup from last week and we'll, then we'll just keep going. Uh, I, at first I felt bad about it and I thought, oh, all the people are going to be so sad <laughs> or not. Uh, I do appreciate the few of you that reached out to ask about it. That made me feel good. Made me feel like, uh, you know, people care. It's, it's nice to have people care. So anyways, episode 59 that we're going to call everything's your teacher. Why not? Everything's your teacher. So I, <laughs> I want to give you three, three little stories, three little things that have happened that I've heard of people going through. And then, um, yeah, tie it together, I guess that would be the, that would be the goal <laughs> to maybe hopefully help us have a deeper, larger, uh, maybe a better perspective on the things that we come across or go through in our lives and how even the things that seem difficult or unusual or out of the ordinary might in fact be uh, something that we can learn from. Okay? So that's the goal. That's the general idea. I'm watching my microphone stand slowly tip down as I talk. That's weird. It won't stay up. Anyways, okay, so episode 59, Everything's Your Teacher, story number one. Uh, these stories are real life stories that uh, two are from people I know and one is my own. And uh, uh, for the sake of an anonymity, I'm going to keep the names and uh, the stories a bit vague. Uh, not that the people would care. They would probably be okay with me using them, but I didn't ask and I just don't want to get in trouble. So anyway, story number one. Story uh, number one is about a mom and she's a mom who's got um, some kids. <laughs> yes, because yes, a mom with kids. So as a mom with kids, she's got two daughters. Um, this uh, while ago, they, she was sharing this story that um, she had been, a, she felt like she had been a bit off. Okay. But it was a situation where she was off, but she wasn't super aware that she was off. Have you ever been like that? Where it's like, um, you, you maybe you know things uh, uh, are not going so well, but yet you don't stop or take the time or have failed to identify that there's something going on. It's kind of like uh, a few years ago, a few years ago, like 10 or 12 years ago, my wife and I were living in Nashville and I... I guess I was in a funk. I didn't really notice it, but my wife, when we talk about that time, when we reflect, look back, she's like, yeah, that was a really tough time. And I'm like, oh, 
Yeah, I guess now that I think back. So anyways, sometimes this happens. Like we get in a bit of a funk. We're not aware we're in a bit of a funk and we sense it, but like we, it doesn't like register that there's something off. So she's in this place where things are off. She's not super aware that things are off. Um, she, <laughs> she goes to give her kids a, a bath one night, you know, before bed and, uh, the, the girl, you know, they're younger by the way, the younger girls. Um, and so the, the two girls are in the bath together playing, washing, whatever. And she said she had a bit of a, like, uh, a bit of a, not a breakdown, but just like kind of lost her cool with the kids, which happens. Well, it happened to me like last every day. <laughs> it happens to me every day. Uh, oh, my thing is on. Hold on. And so, um, she said she just kind of lost her cool with her kids and was getting on them about stuff because they weren't listening really good, which happens. And then uh, in the middle of it, <laughs> her, I think she's seven, seven-year-old maybe, um, the seven-year-old and a three, two, three-year-old. And so in the middle of her kind of losing her cool, her, her seven-year-old goes, just kind of stopped her. And this, this little girl, by the way, is she's an, she's an awesome kid. She has like incredible insight for somebody her age. And the other stories that I've heard about her, like I just, it makes me laugh because she, it's like she sees, do you know, do you know, have you ever had a kid or known a kid that, that sees behind the thing? I mean, they're still kids. They still have their issues, but like she sees a little bit deeper than like my seven year old, do you know? So in the middle of the, of her losing her cool, the seven year old says, Mom, you need to go lay down. We've got this. <laughs> like she, the seven-year-old realizes, acknowledges, and addresses the fact that her mom is, is a bit out of sorts, right? Like it's just, it's brilliant. It's fabulous. Um, like kudos to the mom and dad and kudos to the little girl. Like she, the, the, the daughter is aware that something is going on with her mom, even when her mom isn't quite aware. She sees that it's not just this thing. There's something else happening <laughs> with my mom and she needs a break. So the seven-year-old says, mom, go lay down. We got this. Uh, she's going to help her sister or whatever, you know, get finished the bath, get out of bed or get their jammies on and get into bed. And so the, the mom said, I didn't even realize like this funk, this thing that I was in until she pointed it out until she was the one that stopped me and addressed it and told me I needed to go to bed. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's so, uh, it's so great. It's so great. Um, okay. So that's story number one. The second story comes from another mom who has a couple of boys and they are, uh, kind of about the same ages, I believe, uh, three, four and six, seven, something like that. Those, those kind of age ranges. My apologies to the children and the parents for not knowing the exact ages. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> one of the things, uh, the mom says, um, when, okay, well, let me, let me do it this way first. So the mom says, um, she was uh, hanging out with her youngest son and it had been a long day at work. It was at home. They were getting ready for bed. 
and the mom and the, and the son started telling some sort of story. And this kid was, he's, she said he was just going on and this, that, and the other thing and stuff that, you know, like she didn't really care about, wasn't really paying attention to. She kind of had zoned out, was thinking about work or family or whatever else, you know, just like not, not fully present in that moment, but, but being there with her son. And so she said <laughs> in the middle of her zoning out, she realized that the son had kind of stopped telling the story and he stopped telling the story. And then he said to her, this is, this is the four-year-old good talk. <laughs> so he's going on and on and on realizes mom isn't paying attention. He stops the story and says, good talk. Right. And, and then it, it kind of woke her up, snapped her back to like the present moment from wherever else she was in her brain. And she said she started laughing because that's what her and the dad do to their kids. When they, when the, when they tell the kids to do something or they're trying to explain something to them and the kids like zone out and they realize that they're not listening at all. They kind of just give up the, the attempt to try to keep their attention. And they just go, oh, good talk, you know, with this like extreme amount of sarcasm. So here she is. zoned out. the son tells the story. She's not listening. Good talk, mom. Thanks for that. <laughs> Which is so great. Like, again, here you have like this four-year-old who picks up on the fact that uh, mom isn't really present. Yeah, she's here, but she's kind of somewhere else. Like he's aware enough to see that there's something else going on, to see that she's not connected uh, in the way that he's hoping uh, that she would be. So <laughs> just fascinating. I mean, kids, kids really are incredible. Okay. So that's story number two. Story number three, uh, this comes from my own personal life and I could tell, I mean, as any parent could, could tell a million stories, but a couple of months ago, uh, you know, I've talked about, we have these, these goats and these chickens have this trying to do this little farm thing. And it's a lot of fun most of the time. And, uh, one particular day I'd went out to, to do something in the goat pen and, the, the chickens and the goats share a big water trough thing. And I noticed there was a, 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 a chicken uh, in the water trough. The chicken had died. It had like jumped, somehow slipped in or something and then couldn't get itself out. So it died, which is sad. I get it. So I pull the chicken out and I, I take it and I place it over in like a flower bed area I have so that I figured I'll, I'm just going to bury it in there. It will provide nutrients for the for the flowers and stuff, which is, is, is always a, you know, that's a good thing. If, if I have to, if I have to lose a chicken, might as well, uh, use, you know, use that for something good. And, um, so I set it there and then I went on with some other chores and then I kind of forgot, I forgot that the, the chicken was there. So a day or so later, <laughs> uh, we're out again by the goats with my son, Ezra, he's middle child, he's seven. And he goes, dad, there's a, there's a dead chicken by those plants over there. And I said, Oh yeah, I for oh shoot, man, I forgot. He goes, what happened? I said, well, it drowned in the, in the water trough and I forgot to bury it. He goes, well, can, can we bury it? I said, sure, man, we'll, we'll bury it. Go grab a shovel. He grabbed the shovel. Uh, <laughs> I start to dig a hole to plate the place this chicken in. And as I get ready to scoop the dirt back over the dead chicken, <laughs> Ezra is standing there with me. And he, and he very matter of factly says to me, well, uh, this is what we're going to have to do to you one day, dad. 
<laughs> like what? What in the world? And it wasn't. And I was like, what? What the heck? I go, dude, is this something you think about like often? Are you are you plotting something, boy? Like you plotting against me? What's going on? And he goes, no, it's just something we're going to have to do to you one day. <laughs> uh, either you're very morbid or you have no um, empathy or you have a very well-balanced sense of the concepts of life and death for a seven-year-old. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. It was just the strangest thing. But I, in that moment, as he's saying this, you know, I have this like out-of-body out experience where all of a sudden I become the chicken and I'm laying in the ground with my, with my eyes kind of starting to close. <laughs> and I just picture my adult grown up son. This is all happening in this moment, right? I picture him as an adult or <laughs> shoveling dirt on my cold dead body as an old guy. <laughs> it was like a really, yeah, it was like this like snap, snaps like this transportation into the future of some sort of, future reality for myself it was a bit weird it was it was well this is what we're gonna have to do you someday dad <laughs> like what what in the world what in the world so here's the thing here's the thing um these kids are incredible right these kids see things these kids pick up on things these kids reveal to us things these kids, they are, they are a reflection of ourselves to ourselves. Um, and there's an incredible amount of stuff that you can learn from them. Like every, everything is your teacher, including your kids. Everything, there's always a lesson somewhere. Everything that you go through, everything that you deal with, there's always something to learn from it. Like for, for, for mom number one with the, with the daughter realizes mom's out of sorts. Like this is the, this is the wake up call. This is your, your, this is the reflection saying to you, uh, getting your attention, cluing you into the fact that something's off. She's teaching you that you need to pay better attention to these emotions and feelings that you're dealing with, or rather in this situation, maybe haven't dealt with. She's, she's informing you that, that this person or just even ourselves in general needs to be more in tune with what is happening within herself. So there's this much deeper, it's not just the kid going, oh my gosh, take a break. It's the fact that she's recognizing this and acknowledging this and, and expressing this to the mother. She, she's cluing her in um, to the thing that the mother didn't see. She's teaching her that she has to be more aware of, of, her, uh, I don't know whether it's chemical, physical, psychological, emotional, you have to be more aware of the, the current state of your existence so that it does not spill over into us as your children. Like that's a huge lesson that that's a lesson that we could all use and learn from, right? Like I said, we, I, I, I did this the other day and I had to go apologize to my kids we, I was having a bit, my brakes went out on my truck, <laughs> which was a bit stressful, but it happened when I was taking my kids home from school, which was even more stressful. And, it, and I say they went out, they didn't like stop working. They were just, it was like not working very good. 
to a point where I was fearful that they were going to fully go out. Um, and this, not only did this happen as I picked the kids up from school, it happened when I picked the kids up from school on the same day that the road to the house from the school was closed. So rather than a 15 minute drive to the school and back, it, uh, it took an hour to get from the school to our house because we had to go like through three different cities to get around to where we needed to go. So I, I was, I was stressed. I was nervous. I was anxious and my kids were not, it was Friday. They were having a great day. They were, they were, they were like in silly mode. You know, this where it's like, everything is ridiculous. Everything is silly. There's a lot of laughter. It's a lot of fun when you're not stressed out about your brakes not working. <laughs> so in the middle of my stress and their fun, I lost my cool. And I, you know, started yelling at them. Like, you guys have to be quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. I need to like, you're not helping the situation. And of course they didn't stop. So I yelled at them again. And so, uh, later when we got home, uh, later that night, I came back and I apologized to them. And I said, look, uh, guys, dad, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, it wasn't your fault. I shouldn't have yelled at you this way. I was dealing with something and I let that thing spill over onto you guys. And you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we have to be mindful of the stuff that's going on within us or else it will pour out onto others around us. So, uh, that uh, these lessons are everywhere with, with the mom, with the kid, uh, <laughs> with the mom, with the kid, with the, um, good talk mom. Yeah what this kid is reflecting, what this kid is teaching, what he's informing his mother is, Hey, listen, you're not being very present in this moment. You're not here with me. He's teaching her that when she is home and when she is wanting to spend quality time with her sons, part of spending the quality time is to be present with the person she's with, which means regardless of how ridiculous and how long and how crazy and disconnected the child's story may be, what they want you to do is to be involved in it, to actually listen. This again is something I am terribly guilty about, (laughs) terribly guilty of. When my youngest starts in on a story and I, you know, he tells stories all day, every day, and they come out of left field and they go into outer space and you don't know where or what's going to happen. Like, I kind of just tune out because a lot of times they, they don't go, they don't really go anywhere. And so I totally get this idea about zoning out, about not listening. Maybe, maybe you even do this with a spouse or, <laughs> or a friend or something. And, and you just go somewhere, you're not being present. So what this kid is teaching the mom, the lesson that I think we learn as well is like, you, you need to be present, right? What, what's the saying I heard somebody say the other day that, um, they they call they call this moment in front of you the present because that's the gift something like that which is kind of a great line like like uh, and and really if you, maybe you've heard some of the stuff before where it's like um, the the present is is truly the only moment that we have right this thing that's happening right now this second this moment that's the only thing that 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 we truly have because the past is already gone the thing that you're dealing that you were willing dealing with has already gone by and the future hasn't happened yet. So we only have this moment. So if in this moment I am not engaged in the thing in front of me, if I'm trying to live before or after this moment, 
then I'm missing out on the gift that is life that is the present, which is why they call it the present. So the kid is informing the mother. My kids are informing me, like, you need to be here or you're going to miss the thing that's right in front of you, right? Don't, don't, don't allow yourself to continually be somewhere else than where you are so that your kid says to you, good talk, which is essentially saying, you're not listening at all, are you? <laughs> it's a great lesson. Everything, everything these kids are teaching, these kids are reflecting, these kids are revealing things. Even even my kid with Ezra and the and the dead chicken and telling his dad, who seems to be in pretty good health, that eventually he's going to have to bury him. <laughs> like there's there's a lesson there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> And my kid's weird. No, I, I think the lesson for me was I walked away thinking, you know, he's right. And this maybe comes back to presence again, but like the, the time we have is short. This this time, you know, it was yesterday he was just being born and now he's seven. And then tomorrow he's going to be 21. And then like this time is so short. What am I doing with the, with the moments that I have while I still have them living under my roof? Like what he what he's teaching me what he informed me was, was that the, the, the gift that we have in this now moment is each other. So that I better not take that for granted. Because there will eventually come a time where we will not be in each other's lives the way that we are now. And eventually the reality is I will in fact die and my body will be laid somewhere or put on a mantle somewhere. And I will not have the ability to interact with him the way that I do now. And he will not have his dad around to have the conversations that he has now. So I should make the most of the time, make the most of these conversations, make the most of the life that I have left to live, right? Everything, everything can be your teacher. I mean, when you look at, um, at, at a couple of the passages in, in scripture, like, of course this is a thing. Okay. Like when you think about, I think it's in Colossians, um, Second Corinthians, I think. It's one of the two. I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. It says, uh, there's one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So there's nowhere that God isn't. Then if you add a passage, like uh, when you talk about like the story of creation, and we see that um, the, the, the way that man is created is that in Genesis 2 is that God forms man from the dust of the earth and breathes into him the breath of life. And that we are created in the image and the likeness of God. So all the people that are around us bear the image and likeness of God. They bear the very breath of God, the spirit of God within them. So between everyone that you come in contact with and everything that is everything, God is over all and through all and in all, whether it's the created realm or the people that are in front of you, which are a part of the created realm, I guess, there's nowhere that God isn't. And if there's nowhere that God isn't, that means there's always an opportunity to to grow, to learn, to pick up on, to be informed, right? Everything has the ability to give us a lesson. Everything has the ability to teach us something. Um, it's like, and I know I keep referencing this, and I think I've referenced this specific thing a couple times now, but it was so great, and I think it applies even more now, is that in, in the one of the next last couple of episodes of Ted Lasso where uh, 
Lasso confronts his assistant coach. They're having this argument, and he finally confronts him about this. They're having this tension, and he confronts him, and he says, what did I do wrong to you? What, what did I do to you that makes you, you know, not like me the way that you do? And, and the guy says, oh, do you really want to know? And Ted Lasso says, yeah, I really do want to know so that I can, uh, how did he phrase it? I'm drawing a blank now. It's been a while. But he, he, he says, essentially, I want to know so that I can learn from this. I want to, I want to know what I did to you so that I won't do that again to you or to somebody else. So even in the conflict, uh, the way that he approaches conflict is not just I'm trying to mend a fence or not just I'm trying to uh, resolve the thing here. The way that he approaches conflict is that in the resolution, there is an opportunity to learn. So even the conflict becomes an, uh, a, a potential for growth. It becomes an opportunity for growth. It becomes a place where even if you're on the wrong side of things, there's something that you can take away from that, right? So when you talk about kids, when you talk about this, this thing, whatever, when you talk about this idea that there's one God who's overall through all and in all, and every person contains the image and the breath of the divine, like there's nowhere that God isn't, which means that there's always an opportunity for us to learn and to grow <clears throat> through whatever it is we're going through or facing. You know, even, um, I came across this thing the other day. If you're if you're an Enneagram person, I came across a list of of conflict triggers for my personality, which I've I've now realized I'm I'm a I'm a five with a strong four wing, if that means anything to you. And um, when I look at this list, you know, it's like anything. If because uh, I've I've looked at a similar list with friends and their different personalities, and when you read the list out loud about like the things that trigger you. <laughs> you could really walk away from the thing feeling like a huge jerk. Like if I, <laughs> if I put all the things that trigger, trigger me in, in this list or when I look at that list of it, I go, man, that guy, that guy's got problems. <laughs> Who would want to hang around that guy? But the idea is not just to look at the negative. The idea is that here's the areas that, that you can look for opportunities for growth in theory. Right. So, um, I, there, I found this list of triggers and, uh, I was, I was showing it to my wife and she goes, she goes, so this is me. <laughs> she goes, this is me. I, she goes, I'm all your triggers. And I'm like, what? No, that's don't look at it that way. And I, <laughs> so even my, my relationship with my wife is an opportunity for me to grow. Right. Which I think is, a, is a beautiful thing. Um, even beyond her, when I, there was a situation the other night where I was with the kids uh, and I was, my mom was watching the kids and she got ready to leave. And it was a bit of a stressful situation, at least for me, um, where one kid was having an emotional breakdown. The other one was having a bad attitude. They weren't listening to their dad, which I get just in general, like could make a parent frustrated. But um, when I look at that list and I look at what was happening with each of my kids, what I realized is that everything that those kids were doing in that exact moment at the same time were all things that were a part of my trigger list. So <laughs> this is like all in retrospect. So on that particular evening, I remember just being so frustrated with everything, feeling so down, feeling like, oh my gosh, why is the world collapsing right now? But as I look back in hindsight, you know, 2020, uh, and I think, and I, take what was happening and line it up with the list of my triggers 
what I see is, oh, the reason I felt this way is because this kid was doing this, which was one trigger. This kid was doing that, which was another trigger. And this kid was doing the other thing, which was another trigger. So it helped me to realize that, um, well, one, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> but two, like it, it was a highly informative and teachable moment in retrospect. Right. So now what it's given me the ability and the opportunity to do is go, oh, okay. So when I get into another similar situation, which will probably be tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and the day after that, I can hopefully take a moment to pause and think through why that thing is affecting me the way it is. And then one, give a bit more grace and love to my kids two, not blow up and scream at them. And three, hopefully process it in a much more healthy way, which allows me to maintain a, a, a bit more stability within my evening, right? Because everything is your teacher. There's nowhere that God isn't. So e these kids contain the image and the breath of God. So that is, I'm learning from that. The, 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 um, the, the whole earth is filled with his glory. This it's, there's nowhere that God isn't. Uh, even when you look at, at the teachings of Jesus, um, the way Jesus taught, Jesus taught uh, using everything. Jesus taught with, from the perspective of everything as your teacher. When you look through the scriptures, through the gospels, and look at all the things that Jesus uses or points to or references uh, that he uses as some sort of lesson or parable, you can't help but come away with the idea that everything's your teacher. I mean, he you have the, the story about Jesus and the fig tree, where, you know, he curses the fig tree and then has this explanation with the disciples about all this stuff. And there's a lot more stuff that goes on with that. But he, he uses the natural surroundings. Uh, he, he says uh, at one point, uh, the foxes have dens, the birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's, <laughs> everything's your teacher. Um, at one point, I think we talked about this not too long ago, and this kind of ties into this as well, but when when Jesus talks about how do you inherit eternal life, and Jesus says, um, you must, uh, he, he points to some children. He says, you must become like these little children. Like, so even Jesus is acknowledging that the children can be our teachers. What is it about the children that uh, uh, connects us to the idea of the kingdom of heaven or eternal life? Like there's something, there's something important. There's something of value in that, right? So everything, everything is the op it, 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 there, there's there's nowhere that there's not an opportunity for you to learn and for you to grow in the good stuff in the bad stuff in the mundane stuff everything is your teacher so as you find yourself going through life through the day in and the day out as you find yourself going to your jobs and through your schedules and through this calendar year as we're moving so very quickly into the Christmas season, um, maybe this is something to keep an eye out. Maybe this is something to, just to keep in your back pocket. Maybe this is some sort of mantra that you can hold on to so that when you find yourself in, in a stressful, difficult situation, when you find yourself in some sort of conflict, uh, or even when you find yourself in a bit of the mundane nothingness, you can repeat that phrase. Everything's your teacher. Everything. There's something for me to learn here. What is it? Why am I bent out of shape? What do I need to learn? 
Why, why am I ecstatic? There's something for me to learn. Why, why did I do the wrong thing when I knew I should do the other thing? There's something for me to learn. My kid is frustrated with me. There's something for me to learn. There's a, there's a bit of a tension between me and my spouse, my partner. What is there for me to learn? Right? Because if you maintain a sense that everything is your teacher and everything is opportunity for growth and, and maturity and for learning and for moving forward as like a human being, right? The, the goal, by the way, and this takes us back to, to the, the whole concept of telios. If you've been around the church, or I don't remember how much I've done on the podcast with that, but uh, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it, where um, Jesus says, is in Matthew, I think, Jesus says, be complete as your heavenly father is complete. Or he says, be perfect your heavenly father is perfect but the word for perfection in the greek text is the word telios which doesn't mean perfection the way that we think of perfection telios has to do with this idea of being complete be complete as your heavenly father is complete and there's a lot that you could dive into with that but when it comes to this idea of everything's your teacher if the goal is completeness if the goal is wholeness and fullness then what i'm looking to do is to take the opportunities that are in front of me good bad or ugly and to use them as an opportunity to grow so that I can, in fact, be more complete, so that I can be more well-rounded, so that, that, I can become, uh, uh, that I can become more fully human, that I can be, step into the fullness of the self, that I can step into the fullness of life that Christ came to offer. Right? So each and every situation then becomes, becomes the opportunity to pursue fullness. Each and every situation becomes an opportunity to step into the fullness of God, to the fullness of myself, that I can grow into this more complete, more evolved type of human being, right? That I'm not just losing my cool in the car because my kids are being silly and I'm being stressed out. That I can um, not, uh, I, was, I was about to go down a different path. Let's not do that. Everything's your teacher. <laughs> Uh, even the guy behind the microphone talking on this podcast, even he could be your teacher. Even you could be my teacher, right? And by the way, when you start to realize that every, everything is your teacher, it, I think it helps you to realize um, maybe two things. One is that uh, you don't have things figured out and that's okay. You don't have everything figured out and that's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up about that. But also what it does if I understand that everything's my teacher, then it allows me to elevate others. It allows me to elevate others, to, to pay, to give a higher sense of respect to the people around me that I might not usually give uh, proper respect or honor to. Oh, well, there, um, like when you go to the gas station and you see the, the, uh, the store attendant who looks like he's in high school and who looks like he might not have a clue about anything and not care a single bit about his job. And you may go, what is this kid's deal? When you begin to see through the lens of everything's your teacher, then maybe you begin to look down on him a little less and give him a, a higher sense of respect in the idea that you don't have it all figured out and there's something for you to learn everywhere. So therefore, I, I, I take myself down a peg or two <laughs> and I elevate uh, the humanity of others. 
I elevate the humanity of others so that I can grow from it. Yeah. So there you have it. Let's call that a day. Everything's your teacher. Keep an eye out. Pay attention. What can you learn? Keep that maybe as, as, your, as the thing that you hold with you today, the next couple of days. What can I learn here? What can I grow from here? What, what do I need to see here? What is this situation telling me? Everything's my teacher. Everything's my teacher. Everything's my teacher. All right, my friends, this has been the Sneaky Emu episode number nine. I think you know what the not title, number nine, number 59. I think you know what the title is. Uh, Mom, thanks for listening. My hope and my prayer is that you will be open to this wonderful and humbling idea that you will begin to view the world through an opportunity of learning and growing, that you will begin to see conflict and joy and hurt and beauty through the lens of knowing that there's something for you to learn in that moment. All right. I am sending you all the love in your general direction. I will talk to you later, friends. Bye. We're here to unlearn Teachings of the church and the state We're here to drink beer We're here to kill war